Welcome back to a very special episode of Deep Dark Tunnel. I'm here with Connecticut Emo Band and some dear friends of mine, Grady, Johnny, and Dante of Anxious. I want to kick things off by going around the room and introducing yourselves and the roles you play in the band. And I also want to know, where is your dream little greenhouse located? Johnny, let's start with you. I'm Johnny. I play drums in the band. Um, my dream house that's little and green would be Somewhere in like the mountains, maybe in the Blue Ridge Mountains, somewhere cool by, you know, nice I, river. I believe that. Um, real cabin by the water type beat. Somewhere you can fish. Somewhere I can fish. <laughs> yeah. 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 That'd be awesome. I'm, I'm Dante. I play guitar and sing in Anxious. Um, and my dream little greenhouse would be along the Amalfi coast of Italy. <laughs> <laughs> Up in the mountains, looking overlooking the beautiful Mediterranean Ocean. <laughs> oh, that's that's awesome. Uh, hey, this is Grady. Um, I sing in the band Anxious, and I think that my dream little greenhouse uh, honestly would probably be somewhere in the Northeast uh, or in Connecticut. I frankly really love where we live, so probably be around here home true. Mm -hmm. Now here at Deep Dark Tunnel we focus more primarily on EDM music, more oons oons you guys are more <laughs> doo -la -doo -doo. so this is a first for us but we're very excited to have you guys on. We're trying to get the oons oons we're trying, you're trying to get the oons oons crowd yeah, no, the, yeah this is this is our entrance into the oons yeah, oons this crowd. is your, your trance <laughs> intro. Yes. Weights, bass yeah. drops all that. All yeah. the jazz now your debut LP Little Greenhouse came out this past January on Run For Cover Records to both critical acclaim and love from your fan base how long was that whole process between the album's inception all the way up to its release? A, a long, long time. I mean, the first demos of the record started, they were put together probably late fall, winter of 2019 was when yes. the first two songs get put together. It's the me, then the world falls apart and me, Johnny, and Dante spend months you know winter of 2020 into late spring early summer honestly of 2020 writing it it gets recorded over two and a half weeks in july of 2020 and then i mean obviously it doesn't get it doesn't get released you know for two years really so um i mean it's a long time i mean so we spent about a year about that you know mixing uh mixing and, and working on it and producing it and then um I mean, it was like another six, eight months, like leading up to like announcement release. So, I mean, it was a long time. I mean, it started, I would say fall, winter of 2019 was when it, when it starts coming together in its most initial stages. Yeah. We had like, um, when we thought we were near the end of the whole process of getting ready to release and, and all that jazz, we had a lot of 
delays just because of mixing and then you know timing for run for cover for what records they were putting out when so we thought it'd be four months earlier and then we were a little we were slacking a little there were other record records slated to be put out so it got pushed back like until january this album has been compared to many famous emo bands including texas is the reason blink 182 and of course title fight i don't need to go into the years of title fight comparison that you guys have faced in the past but i wanted to know that during the time you guys had creating the album, what were the main voices that inspired you and what bands were you listening to that really show out in some of your tracks? I feel like it was so eclectic. Like it's truly all over the board, I feel like. Yes, when you say voices, what do you mean? Anything from, I don't know, speeches, just, speeches just, and podcasts you were listening to oh, okay. all the way up to bands and albums. Just like any. Across the board, what, is, what, is, the, what is the influence? Yeah, the big- I mean, I feel like it's so... So across the board, um, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of stuff that like stays to like the blueprint of like our earlier stuff and like, you know, the true like genesis of the bands, you know, a lot of mid nineties, like emo and like melodic hardcore stuff, but, um, you know, stuff like far side sense field, Sam, I am, but I feel like this record, a certain amount of it is defined by, you know, Dante taking the reins and, and pushing a lot of it as far as influence wise. Yeah, my big thing, I feel like, um, well, I feel like a big inspiration for me besides actual things I was inspired by, music that I was inspired by was, um, I feel like I was kind of inspired by you guys in that I, I, I was trying, no, I was, I was I'm tearing up. To, I'm tearing no, up, I am, y'all. I, I was trying, I, I felt like, I think, when, because it was my first time writing actual full songs for Anxious, and I was trying to write a lot, like a lot of songs that I thought would cater to everyone's taste. So, well, Grady and Johnny's taste, and and I feel like that kind of helped us all lock in on making, trying to make songs that were very much not just based off of stuff we like, but trying to make a very specific sound for how Anxious would sound and how the whole record would sound. Um, but for actual music influences, I was mainly influenced by just a lot of music my dad played me when I was a kid. I, I think I was in some period where I was listening to a lot of that stuff. I was listening to Death Cab for Cutie, Founza Wayne, Benzo, Ben of Horses. Yeah, that's my that's my answer. As far as like the drums go and stuff, I I really like this band Trophy Eyes um, that Dante showed me. They have this record called Chemical Miracle, and I just like. I don't know. I really like the way like the percussion is on that re- on that record, and yeah, I just I I kind of tried to copy that. Now, one of my favorite aspects of the whole record is throughout the runtime, many if not most of the tracks fade in and out between one another in these like beautiful seamless transitions. Like it really just ties the narrative of this album together. Uh, did you guys have that plan when conceiving this album, or did it? come more naturally as the process came along 100 percent. when we were writing the record cohesion really really mattered to us and that's something we were talking about we weren't there was never a point where it was like a loose body of songs that we were all that we were then looking at and trying to piece together and puzzle together how it all fit together from the very first song to the last song that was put together it was all approached with how do we create a cohesive narrative that all plays into each other? And I think the transitions 
definitely are like a big piece of that. But I'd say before you even got there, we were writing the songs themselves with a very specific, how does this all work together and interplay, you know, play within one another. I feel like it's important to say like we recorded the record like essentially twice. Um, like we, tr- mm-hmm. we tracked the entire record, like each instrument by itself at my dad's house and we did are it now. on our own where we are now. Um, and then went into the studio uh, with those. I don't even, I feel like calling them demos. Like I worked way too hard on them for them to be called demos, but they certainly are that. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, what were you? Yeah. Uh, well, like on, on that, what I was going to say is, I mean, even, even though I'm very happy with the transitions on the record, um, and I feel like they must've just like, you know, come out of us trying our hardest. I, they were also kind of pre pre-planned even before they, they were the actual transitions they were and that when we were demoing the songs, I mean, there's, there's several songs that were in like key spots on the record, but a lot of the songs were in completely different spots. And even then we still had like very thought out transitions for that order. And then when we've reorganized them, we, we wanted to keep, we, we wanted to, to keep in mind how we were going to have the songs transition to, into each other with the new with a new track listing. And that transition between Call From You and Afternoon just scratches like the perfect part <laughs> in my brain. It's, I love that. I love that. It's one of my absolute favorite moments on the record. I just, I punch a fist to that every time. Mm-hmm. Now, album rollout, I feel like can be just as tricky as creating this body of work with music yes. videos, promos, and, <clears throat> excuse me, interviews. So I don't want to overlook some of the visuals that came with some of the tracks leading up to the album. Between Call From You's rainy day cozy aesthetic to in April's almost Goonies-like visual story, can you give us some of the background into making the visuals for the album? To me, it felt like from the very beginning of putting it all together, when we were thinking about it aesthetically, which it felt like we were, um, we had this energy of wanting to have something that felt youthful, playful, had a childlike energy and like the idea of just like, children's book um just very serene and kind of fantastical just like those words just kept coming into play and it just even the i don't know which i think it you know kind of plays against the songs pretty well because i i feel like at times there are celebratory moments on the record but for the most part like it's um kind of somber uh thematically so i think it's like a cool contrast um but yeah, like that sort of energy was something we were always, it kind of felt like it was always in the circle of conversation. And, um, you know, I think when it came time to finally put it all together, we had a very solid idea already fixated. And, you know, I think it kind of just kind of seamlessly came together as, as an idea, I'd say. Yeah, I, I would I would totally agree with that. I mean, I think a lot of those visual components, like those three music videos, um, were very much stemming from we knew we knew how we wanted we knew how we wanted everything to be like taken. We knew we knew that if we were gonna have these videos, we wanted them to reflect the the same kind of um, you know aesthetic and feeling as the album cover as um you know anything else we had done in that vein 
So when it came to like, and I felt I felt like the music videos all happened pretty last second, like they're they're yeah. pretty close to being rushed. But even then, it felt like when we had to get, jump into one of those, it was like, okay, so what can we do that can go with like the with with the, you know the how we have the record like a children's book how we want it's a you know we want it to seem like that oh, we can have a video where it's a puzzle and then what if in this other video it's kind of like stranger things goonies we're running around like kids on bikes and stuff we're really bad at puzzles i saw you guys did not solve that puzzle in that music video we tried to it was tough 500 pieces that, well, that, that, that last wasn't like all the pieces in the on that roof were black. We didn't realize until we only there, had that black pieces. That was genuine reaction when you guys like flipped that table. No, that that, no, we were out of time. We <laughs> paid for no. It was an artistic out. decision, is what it was. Uh, we we paid for the the studio and we were, you know, filming it. And I think about after three or four hours, we realized we're really bad at puzzles. And we're not going to finish this puzzle in time. You can't. You can't do a roof. All the pieces are black. Well, no, I would say we made really, really, really good progress for, until the roof. Like yeah. it was all. All things considered, timing was like we were putting the whole thing together, and it was looking like, you know, considering how long the rest of this is taking, we have two hours to put the roof together. Should should be a breeze, but alas, it was not. I did some research, like on like puzzles and. Um, puzzlers uh, after and some people have puzzles that are just all black like apparently like no, it's I, like the most hardcore that, that's what way. I was thinking about when we got to the roof I was like people have done this before this is fine right we can if 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 people do a whole puzzle of this it's got to be fine to do like 40 pieces of this those are the purest out there that's like when you have mm. the Rubik's Cube and it's all one color you're doing it for the love oh, yeah. of the game well, how even, can you do a you one color Rubik's Cube there's no though. point there's no point to it. <laughs> That's what they want you to think. That's the thing. Oh, okay, okay. That's what they want you to think. So the beautiful closing track for the album, You When You're Gone, strays away from the energy of its predecessing songs in favor of this alluring ballad hearkening towards an almost like I don't not not to offend, but I got a very heavy like snail mail vibe from it. I that's the energy sure. I got. We like snail mail. Shout out snail mail. The uh, mail. I would love for you guys to like walk me through like pretty much like the take a look behind the curtain of how that track was made. That's a, I feel like it's a big standout from the record. Dante. Um, um, I, I don't, I, I feel like that track, well, we did, I, I remember, um, we really wanted, we wanted to have a, like a soft, a very soft, uh, chill song. Um, going back to Trophy Eyes, that record, Chemical Miracle, ends with, uh, a song kind of in the same vein where it's like, very much, the, uh, you know, calm, uh, laid back uh, transition out of the, the like a, a lot of faster, more emotionally intense songs, and um, I think the song started with just like some random, you know, like how sometimes you got it's like a random riff and like your your voice memos, and then uh, it became the rest of it writing wise came together pretty quickly, and I remember I wanted uh. Like I wanted female vocals for it, so um, this girl who I went to high school with, who is in this this band, Hello Mary, um, I I thought had a really great voice, but um, I figured out that the drummer of her band also sang, and I really liked her voice too. So uh, I I had a friend who knew them, and I asked uh, her if she would 
sing on the song. I sent her the song, and she sent a version of her singing it, and then we had her come to the studio. And, um, and yeah, and we recorded those vocals in, like, an hour. And, yeah, it was very... She nailed it. She nailed it, yeah. Stella Brandstool of Hello, Mary. Go look her up. Shout out Hello, Mary. Hello, Mary's great. Hello, Mary. Mm-hmm. So true. Going back to what you were saying about um, the inception of a song stemming from like an iPhone voice memos, uh, if I'm not mistaken, was Speechless started like that in the sense that it was written a long time ago through yeah. voice memos? <laughs> that, that, oh, that, that's, thank you for bringing that up. That's a funny story. I feel like no one cares about that story. So it's cool. We care at Deep Dark thank Tunnel. Thank you for caring, Sage. Um, uh, I, that was like the first song I wrote, which is, and then I, so I like for, forced us to put it on the record. It was like when I was a freshman in high school and I was learning how to play the bass because I discovered Blink and I wanted to be Mark Hoppus. And I just, it was like the riff to it is so stupid because it's just like three notes. It's like, and I had this demo buried in my phone of, of just those three notes and then me singing over it and then. So we needed we needed more ideas for the record, and I brought it to all of us, and we made it an actual song, and not just the silliest thing I've ever heard in my life. That demo's crazy. It's not I don't, that voice memo is yeah. insane. Like, it, it, it is. It's actually crazy. <laughs> I would love to re- like put it on Twitter or something because I think it would be great. I feel like you should just actually play it in the background. Yeah. No, yeah. that would be cool be- for it to make its preview here. <laughs> it's like a totally out of tune. <laughs> I'll get the wave files oh, after this. And it's like the worst bass playing you've ever heard. No, no, I'm it's like 14. So I can't play four notes. It's totally oh. out of tune. But that's like uh I feel like that's like my favorite way to get song ideas. I feel like a lot of my favorite song ideas are just things I recorded on my voice memos app like six months ago, and then I go back. I can't think of many times. I mean, sometimes I'll have a song or two that come like all at once, but I feel like most most things I'm really inspired by uh, that I really love are like when I look back on something and, and it like strikes the right chord with me that it never did that whole time between recording it and then where I am at the moment I decide I like it. A little musical epiphany. A little musical epiphany. Have, uh, you, that, guys, yeah. have you guys had similar instances like that where, you know, a song idea or a voice memo or something that you had in the back of your head like comes to fruition years later or months later? Not for, um, it, the second song on the record in April was brought to the full pretty early on in the writing process and I remember we just weren't quite sure what to do with it. It just, it wasn't even like anybody was like disliked it. It was just kind of, it was just, it was just kind of pushed to the side because we were working on other stuff and it was just whatever. But I remember being on the backside of putting all the demos together and maybe even still writing a little bit being like, you know, I, I, I really liked that and, and really wish we had done something more with that. And we, went back and spent a lot of time revisiting that. I mean, also the, a riff to a, the main riff to a, a song that we're putting together now and, and are recording this weekend uh, is a riff from easily probably eight or nine months ago that I randomly had a voice memo of when I was jamming with Johnny one time. And then, I don't know, maybe a few months ago, sent it to Dante and it actually became something feasible. So that that too. Well, well, if if we we can like double up with this with this idea of revisiting ideas, because 
I'm I'm pretty sure I heard that one back in the day, and we just kind of sat with it for like a long time, I think, and no one and no one touched it. Just like we don't know what to do with this. And then, you know, over the last couple months, we've had some little musical epiphanies with it. Where you know, just those yeah. moments where like all of a sudden you realize you you know what to do next on a song. Yeah. Now, you guys have been hashtag tour life, hashtag van life for a good portion of the year with multiple nationwide tours and an international tour you just got back from with Angel Dust and Drug Church. How is life on the road? And like, tell us about some upcoming shows you have planned for like the next few months. I mean, it's crazy. So, I mean, it hasn't even, it's July now, which is the seventh month of the year. Mm. And we have been on tour since January. You know, we've we've been on tour nonstop for seven months. I mean, the longest amount of time that we've had in between tours has been two and a half weeks, not even that. Um, and it's been really cool. I mean, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I think I am happy right now to be on the backside of it, you know, to be on the other side of it. But it was truly, truly special. And I think... It still feels fresh enough, but I think, you know, in a year, years, whatever, that amount of time is something I'll look back very fondly on where it was the record came out and we just didn't stop moving for forever. Um, so it was great. Our first tour with Knuckle Puck was fantastic. Uh, tour with Boston Manor was great. Tour with uh, Thrice and Bayside was, was killer. It was awesome. And then going over to the UK was incredible. It was literally a dream. And you guys were previewing songs like on your tour with Koyo um, mm. beforehand, even before the album came out, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we came out of the pandemic and like did one tour in the fall. And I remember, I mean, Inside Scoop, like we were just like struggling to find tours and just weren't sure exactly what to do in that regard just because it was it just a lot wasn't happening. And then like the record came out and that anxiety kind of went right out the window. That was a good feeling. I mean, I was living with Grady at that point and it was just like, so we're just never going to go on tour, I guess. Well, first it was like, so well, the world's just, open and you can go on tour, but we can't, we can't. Yeah. I mean, for first it was like, oh, so we I guess we're just never going to release this record because we can't yeah. tour on it. And then it was like, well, I, okay, now the record's you know, getting gonna, ready to getting ready to be, release and you know we don't have a tour set up and everything truly just does work itself out you know like and it really did like i'm i'm very happy with the way it all worked out i think i was stressed for well, nothing in hindsight why would anyone put us on their tour if we don't have any songs for anyone to listen to yeah we had about like nine <laughs> minutes collective yeah discography but in the moment we're like everyone's out to get us yeah. nobody wants to <laughs> Definitely. Uh, I want to talk about your guys' Outbreak uh, performance really quickly. Um, you guys posted on your Instagram and your Twitter. Um, Brady and I were talking about this beforehand. Uh, the clip that got posted, almost a very surreal moment of like pretty much all you guys have worked for being shown to you like live and true. Um, yeah, how was that performance? It was crazy. It was, what, easily the craziest anxious show ever? I mean, yeah. It's gotta be. Yes. It was definitely one of the most, yes. like, fulfilling I think it's moments of no, my it life. No, it is. Like, it is a crazy. I'm not even trying to be, like, cringe about it, but it's just, like, it was awesome. Like, 
Yeah, it was it was great. I'll be very curious to to watch the like multi-tracked like angle video of it and see if it sounds as good as it well, felt. I, good. I played bad. My yeah. my I was not in tune. I'm sure so it was. That will sound I'm sure bad. we played it's like whatever. Choice. But Create literally, like nothing can freedom. take away like that moment. I I literally getting off the stage. I was just like filled with gratitude that like we were so far from home, in ocean away, and people like gave a like beyond that we're stoked it was awesome it was awesome we sold out of merch before we played that was cool it was just cool to feel like people wanted us it was (laughs) for me it was like it like i i could not be more grateful for that whole thing because it was so incredible to feel like that many people cared about it but in the moment i was more just I was like confused. I was like, these people, there's no way these, all these people like my band were, I mean, I like, I have faith in us, but we're not this good. We're like pretty good. Well, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll watch the video and we'll learn for certain. Yeah, we're not that good. (laughs) But like, it didn't even matter because like, I mean, there was like, you know, that moment of that that video, I I believe the one that you're referencing is like the end of growing up song. Yeah. The closer, the set. When we usually play that song, we just, end the song before like there's this big ring out like sing along part i guess which is so ironic because we wrote that part so that in like you know when, when people start to like the song like this will be the part where everyone gets to sing along and like we feel cool and then we were standing there and i was like wait why aren't we ending the set right now and i then i noticed people were singing the part and i was like well, no but we have to end the set <laughs> we have to end the set you can't you yeah. can't do this yeah, I was just like, I was in awe. I was like, damn, they're singing it. Yeah. It was cool. Do you guys have any standout moments uh, on these past few tours you've taken or across the pond? I mean, Outbreak, I think, was like the crown. I, to me, out, that Outbreak show was like the crown jewel of like the whole seven, like half year of touring. Let me just say that's the best fest. Like the way that they run that joint was, I mean, it was flawless. Like It, it was truly crazy. Yeah. I mean, the the venue was great. The staff was great. All the bands were stoked and everyone was Audience where was they awesome. were supposed to be. Everyone went off for every band. Like truly every band got a great reaction. It was it Yeah, was no awesome. one no one had a bad set. It was awesome. Um the Knuckle Puck tour, the whole thing was fantastic. The Thrice and Bayside tour was was really awesome. That tour was a blast. Those dudes are real, like I mean, we tour with, you know, I mean, all these bands and, and they're like they're musicians that like, oh, you listen to this band when you're like 15, 16, and then you're on tour with them. Obviously, like, you know, they're professionals. Going on tour with Thrace and Bayside was a whole nother level of like... I feel like we learned a lot on that tour, just dude, how I was you... sucking it up there. I was like trying to get all the information from these dudes because, I mean, these guys have been touring as long as I've been alive and in big rooms for a long time. Like, 
it was cool getting to ride a, a tour, get to sleep and ride on a r- actual tour bus. We did that on the Thrice and Bayside tour. That You're not was, stretched out in the Sprinter. You're no, yeah, no. They Bayside <laughs> let yeah Bayside let us take turns just sleeping so on cool. there. The, the beds were like. It was like a, it was like, like a little a tomb. It was like a little tomb, and you have this big curtain. You pull so it over. Cool. They're yeah. like literal sensory deprivation. It chambers. was so. I, if I, I'm, I shouldn't be allowed to have one of those things if I ever were in the position to have one because I would not leave that bed. <laughs> yeah. Never. It's too great in there. The best thing about it is that you wake up and you're already at the venue. Yeah. And also, you're still in the sensory deprivation chamber. It's still pitch black. It's for awesome. as long like you as could, you want. You it could to be. sleep until you know. I'm gonna be on stage until like yeah. 50 minutes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, some people talk about that. They're like, "Oh my god!" Like, I like I slept until one because it's just black. But you see, you like meet those dudes, and they're all they're always like, "Oh, dude, like I missed the van," and we're like, <laughs> "Man, you like you know, you <laughs> shut know. up, yeah." Like, <laughs> No, no, no disrespect to the van. The van's done us good. Oh, yeah. Van's taking care of us. No, the van's. It's hashtag van life. Hashtag you van You guys are really hashtag. like the true leaders of this whole We movement. have so van much life. fun in the van. Well, now we, it's we listen to music. Van and trailer. Van, van and trailer, trailer life. Van, van and U Haul life. Van. Oh, we got our own trailer now. Oh, we're moving up in the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 I'll tell you what the van setup is. You got to. Yeah, walk me through it. You got to get in the. You got to piss everyone off and then. Get everyone's bags in the back of the van flat, and then lay on top of everyone's bags with a bunch of pillows below you. Yeah. And then you can lay backwards, watch Netflix on your phone, and not talk to anybody. Is it territorial? Is it claiming spots it's like the so second you walk into the van? It's, it gets it's so emotional. Race. It's a race to whoever can open the door first and then get the, all the best seats. And there's cons every day. A little more passive aggressive energy brews between every single person. <laughs> Because that's just good artistry. They're, they're thinking about the seats. They're like, "Well, he got that seat the last two yeah, days, just... but but I always take this seat. The seat's good, but it's not as good as that seat." Is there a can I can I hear the best and worst spot in the van? Uh, the best the best spot I would say I would say that there are two. If you have passenger passenger seat in the front, like driver, and then the passenger seat, that seat's pretty good. Then the next best seat I would say is is first first bench right behind driver's side That's because money because you because you have the window in the wall is right next to you so you can you can lean up. I would say the worst the very worst seat in the van is passenger right be, uh, first bench yes. right behind passenger. Oh, because they're laid back. They yeah, don't, they don't care the about anything. Yes. No, the corner, the corner is, I mean, the corner is bad, but the seat next to the corner is the worst between the window and the, the door, the middle seat. I mean, the middle, middle, seats, seats, middle seats tend to the, suck. Because listen, the first row, if we're getting technical, is, is the smallest row. Because the back row is the same amount of seats, but it's longer. So the middle row has got the smaller seats. So it's got less leg And room. also, you've got two people's arms next to you. And also, you've got seven backpacks between the front two seats. Right that's front sh- that's seat. true. Yeah. It's... I, I would say it's not so much like worst seat. It's pretty much, they're all the worst seat except for about th- two seats. No, if you can get that, if you can sit on top of everyone's bags and then be a little pissed off of you instead of yelling at you, pissed off of you, that's the best. It's literally, it's like you could fall asleep. All I mean, time. I front all the time. Like I love driving and shit, but I just hate sitting in any other seat besides the driver's seat. So I'll do a six hour drive just so I can just sit. You have know, the seat. In the driver's seat. You got it mapped out to it too. You guys are like the Marie Kondo of van life and tour. Life. <laughs> it's intense. 
Straight That's what's going to do a show about you. Yeah. Got my family we guy set up right in the dash <laughs> while, <laughs> while I'm driving. Yeah, family guy season 15. <laughs> no, no seasons. We just watch clips. Yeah, just clips. <laughs> just I've never seen a full episode of Family <laughs> Guy in my life. Half of it's like cropped like all the way up to their face. Like <laughs> epic Peter Griffin ownage clips. Stewie clothes. Stewie assassinations. Yeah. All Stewie kills. Stewie, Stewie gun clips. Well, the best thing about that is like they'll have like a kill counter. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. Yeah. Anxious is big on clips. Family Guy clips. My favorite's the class. I'm a class. I'm a man of classics. It's the Family Guy dark humor moments. <laughs> family Guy. Family number guy. number fourteen is really where it gets spicy, though. No, no, that li- that is that is what it is. It's Family Guy dark humor compilation. Is like yeah. is like the one that's always in like your YouTube suggested. <laughs> All family V9. guy offensive Yeah, jokes. like it's always in everyone's YouTube suggestion. Yeah, no, it's like ask, never the same ask version, anybody. Though. Never the same version. If there's one thing you take away from this interview, it's that <laughs> anxious loves family guy clips. <laughs> I was doing a little compare and contrast not to ramble, but what I did is old episode of Family Guy season two and three, new episode of Family Guy season 18. Surprised to say, I prefer the later episodes as like no way. Yeah, that is no. Wait, what's what real? Season I, those are early, right those early seasons of Family Guy, I think, are actually untouchable. They're no, hilarious. There's some really bad episodes. In there. They're like they're terrible. But have we seen okay, so what, what season like, are we on right now? Because that that's how I can gauge if I agree with you or not. I'll look it up right now. Give me one second. If, like if we're on season twenty and you're talking season eighteen, I can agree with you. If we're on like season twenty five, I will agree. With you. No, because like season eighteen is like. Seth MacFarlane like being like, okay, it's 2019. Let's talk about segways and people vaping in man ponytails, even though it's like that's think, six no, years that's old. What I'm saying, I think 20. I think I think season 18 is further back than you think. It is. This is literally right now. Is have you seen the meme of like the four like middle school boys like <laughs> all like in deep discussion and it's just like what it, what what it, where are the funniest Family Guy clips? <laughs> Guys, we should do a podcast. <laughs> This is great. Uh, you get you get to let go. The fun thing about Deep Dark Tunnel, you get to let go of any of your ambitions to start a podcast like, just by doing our show. Rounding out our show, who are some artists you're listening to right now that you want to spread the word about? People that aren't getting their flowers, people that you want to put on, for lack of a better term. Uh, I'll give you a second to look up anybody you're listening to. Uh, <clears throat> I have been listening a lot to Military Gun. I love that band a lot. Um, I feel like... Within our world, they're definitely like they. I feel like they get their praise, but like still, um, high viz. Uh, I saw them at Outbreak, and uh, I believe that they have a new record coming out called Blending, um, and uh, a couple singles have been released, and it's pretty cool. Um, I've been the past couple of days. Uh, I mean, Run for Cover just announced uh, the new Teen Suicide record. It's called Very Honey for that. Honeybee table oh, yes. at the butterfly feast. The singles are dope, dude. Dope. They're like. really cool. They're very, very cool. Especially Coyote 2015, 2021 mm-hmm. is really cool. It's really, really cool. So I'm very excited for that. And um, I've been listening to a lot of Household Name by Mama. I think that record's pretty cool. I just so listened also. to a podcast with them today. Oh yeah, yeah. I think this it's like no, I the, the through track tracks, like seven. It's like unstoppable. I learned like recently, like listening to that, they work like full-time jobs, which I find very interesting. Really? Yeah. They're still like... I mean, I, I kind of believe that. They're like, they're yeah. still definitely a smaller They band. opened for like, um, they're doing like an opening for Snail Mail. They just toured with like Wet Leg and stuff like that. Shut up. They're, they're doing a headliner 
uh, are about to, and they're taking out. Um, they're taking out Waveform. Shout out Waveform. What about you guys? Um, I don't think I've been listening to that many uh, smaller artists. I've been listening to. Um, Dante doesn't support. I don't. Dante <laughs> doesn't support there, the scene. There is uh, this band Future Crib. I've been listening to a lot there. Uh, they're not. They're not the biggest band, but they're very beautiful band with lots of beautiful songs. So anyone listening, listen to Future Crib. Uh, I've I've been listening to a lot of um, MGMT, a lot of uh, the new Horse Jumper Love record, Natural Part. Very very cool. Very weird. You're a fan of like a uh, Horse Girl, right? Oh yeah, Horse Girl's great. Shout out Horse Girl. Shout, Shout out Chicago out artists. Girl. They're doing lots of cool stuff right now. Uh, super cool. They, they, I've been listening to their record a lot too. As always, Animal Collective needs more people listening to them. Go listen to Animal Collective. It's a very good record. That's good that's record. My, I second that. Those are my that's my takes. Um, I've been listening to music. No, you haven't. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> um, it's band Fontaine's DC. My dad loves them. He was telling me the other day. He was like, "I'm obs- I'm Straight obsessed up. with this new band Fontaine's DC." Have you heard him? Skinty Fia. It's so Irish. I've been listening to uh, this band that I think is really awesome that I feel like doesn't get like a lot of, like I don't hear other people talk about, but it's like people in bands, it's like their favorite band. Uh, this band, Downward. Um, Downward's good. Awesome. Shout out Oklahoma. Yeah, from Oklahoma. Um, it's just really cool. And I think they do like the like, like shoegazy stuff, but like they do whatever they want too like with it you know like it's just i, I feel like they don't really keep it droney either like they kind of no, keep it pretty like succinct like yeah it's i wouldn't even i wouldn't even call them shoegaze it, i feel like it's just i feel like that's such like an umbrella term right yeah it's just it's catchy and it's good um and that's all you need to know about it um yo i've been listening to snot a lot big snot head straight up i oh, think snot's so sick <laughs> Harry Styles. I haven't awesome. heard of him. Harry's house. Oh, his new record's really good. It's great. Um, <laughs> it's not every day. Oh, I also like. Um, it kind of it came out a minute ago, but uh, everything's nice by Arms Length. I think that mm. EP is pretty cool. But that EP is good. Yeah, That's that EP is cool. Good. It's like, like I would say, like if you like ask, like what's next up for like emo, like true emo, I would say that band. They're from Canada, I think. They're cool. Anxious, thank you so very much for joining us on Deep Dark Tunnel. Where can the people find you on social media and streaming platforms? So you can find us on all the great streaming platforms. You can find Anxious on all of your favorite streaming platforms. Discord. (laughs) The day Uh, the Anxious Discord comes out, I'm going feral. um, I'm getting banned immediately. You can go buy our record. Anxious is spelled A-N-X-I-O-U-S. Our new record is called Little Green House. Yes. Good. It's got a house on it and it's green. So when you see it, you'll know it. And it also says in text. (laughs) It also says in text right at the tippy top. At We're Anxious. Yeah. Our Instagram is We're Anxious. Our Twitter is AnxiousCT as well as our TikTok. TikTok. Anxious TikTok is AnxiousCT. The second the label asks you to start making TikToks, you know you really made it. Mm-hmm, you right. know you really made it. Yeah. You heard the man. Their album, Little Greenhouse, is in stores and streaming services now, and you can catch them on the road this fall with Oso Oso and Mags. Anxious, thank you so much for calling down the tunnel. Don't get lost on the way out. All right, delete all this.
measured in your eyes I fell in the